was told you were coming. So, who do you kill for fun around? If this girl gives him one minute of happiness, it is one minute too yeah, much. Baby. She's not angel anymore. I'm back. Jeez. I don't like vampires. I'll take a stand and say they're not good. You like again. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. God, that sounds good with Guinness. It does. My goodness, my Guinness. A deadly, deadly do. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And today... We are reviewing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 2, Episode 21, entitled Becoming, Part 1. Or it might be The Becoming, Part 1. I think it's just Becoming. I think it's just Becoming as well. It's very Becoming on me, if I do say so myself. And I do. You're supposed to say, and you do. Nah. <laughs> anyway, starting it off right <laughs> with my... Brand spanking new, okay, maybe two-week-old, $20 bottle opener that was not the one I thought it was, but goddammit, it works real good, and I'm probably going to break my computer with it one of these days, because I keep swinging it around. Yes. Um, I didn't mean anything dirty by that. <laughs> no. So I wouldn't let you swing that around in this apartment. Good to know. Thank you. <laughs> it's important to set boundaries in, in a relationship. A friendship still counts as a relationship, and we have a business partnership now, and it's important to have boundaries. I'm glad you're keeping track of these things. <laughs> so, this is a very dangerous episode, Rex. We need to tread lightly. My buddy Nate fucking said good luck again on my way out of the coffee shop. That asshole! I, uh, I had to fucking come back in again and be like, what the fuck did we learn about saying good luck on show business? And he was like... King D3. Anyway, I did get him to say break a leg and knock on wood. There we go. There it is. So we're good to go. Um, I got my ram in the mail today and it went and I went and then it passed out. And I don't know why they mailed me livestock. I wanted Did you to... accidentally order livestock? I wanted memory. <laughs> Ram is memory. Those gits. <laughs> I love Moss from the IT crowd. Anyway, so we've had a little bit of fan mail. Yes. Yeah. Holy shit. We got fan mail. Yeah, nothing so intensive for us to do an entire bit over it, but I did want to respond to some of it just real quick. We're not using full names, just a... Shout out to Alex, giving us a big high five and a thumbs up for actually enjoying the puppet show. Apparently, not too many other re reviewers out there actually what gave... What was that? Episode 9? I think it was 9. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the one that we entitled, Cat is in the title. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Ironically, before you owned a cat. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> I, now, now I own a cat, so all we need is to like poke him with a stick, make him meow, and then we have an excuse to put cat in the title. <laughs> Sorry, I was holding that one in. <laughs> I... <laughs> oh, but yeah, by the way, we have, a, uh, we have a Patreon. If you ever feel like buying us a beer, or helping us keep the lights on, or helping us green light our relatively soonly upcoming sister podcast, Ale with Angel, please traipse on over to www.patreon.com forward slash beer with Buffy. Any time of the day. It's the internet. It happens to be open 24-7. I like that it's open 24-7. Yeah, me too. 
I have very weird hours. <laughs> um, so, uh, fan mail from Alex about the puppet show. Yeah, we're happy to be positive for you. We are actually fans of the show. We we don't like posers. We don't like being posers, and I'm glad that we are succeeding at that. It actually is fucking surprising to me how often in our exploring this genre and this niche that we we have found ourselves in that we find podcasts and review shows and they don't fucking like the show and they've barely even watched the show it's shocking yeah yeah that's that's absurd i find that bothersome we got our first uh, voicemail that wasn't fred yeah from ravi or rafi he wanted to inform us, or he wanted to give us some insight into why they killed Jenny Callender. And apparently, the theory he's heard is that they were going to kill Oz very early on, but he was so well-received that they decided to kill Jenny instead. I mean, we still haven't seen Oz for like 10 fucking episodes, but... Right. Um, I'm really glad they made that decision, though. Yeah, I mean, I felt like there there was plenty of room for both of them. I also heard, I mean, if you look up the Wikipedia anyway, this is my source, so... Yeah, grain of salt. Take this with a grain of salt, absolutely. I heard that the actress who played Jenny Callender is now, like, super Christian and anti-witchcraft and occult and everything, and I'm like, wow, that's ironic. Yeah. Uh, So we got a tweet from a user. I'm not going to use his username. I'm not going to say his username on the air, Cause you know, for privacy purposes, but we don't have a real name. But apparently, in episode one hundred and four, we claimed or postulated, 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 prostacoculated <laughs> that Xander had never seen a, a vampire get dusted before, when he very obviously, clearly had in episode two, when he accidentally dusted his friend. Uh, when he got pushed into him while he was holding the right. stake. Jesse, who we're v- we were very happy was not yes. r- staying in the show. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Whoopsie. Our bad. Did you go back and listen to it at all? No, I know he's right. 98% positive he's right. Because I, I fucking don't remember. <laughs> yeah. We'll take your word for it. Anyway, that's all I got. What's going on with you, Rex? No, I don't really have anything. Did some work on the Patreon today, and that's about it. Hazoodles. Hazoodles? I'll drink to that. <laughs> I drink to everything. Speaking of bad Irish accents. A daily, daily do. <laughs> How about a mom synopsis, Josh? I'm actually going to forego the mom synopsis today out of respect for my mother because she's actually uh, quite ill. She has a uh, salivary gland infection and I just wouldn't fear. Joshua, what are you doing? Are you telling people about my salivary gland infection? I can't do anything, Joshua. This has me very verklempt. (laughs) Also, what are you doing hanging out with that ruffian Rex? He doesn't even like me anymore. You should make better friends. And then let me hang out with them too. (laughs) I won't be doing that, mother. I didn't think so. Oh God, man, that's that's jarring. Yeah, right. Switching there? from one to the other. Oh, I imagine. Huh. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're <laughs> double fisting Guinness and Apollyon by Arcadia. Apollyon is nine point three yeah. fucking percent ABV, 
It'll get you drunk. Joshua, yeah. <laughs> you're not paying enough attention to me. What's going on in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I'm sorry, mother. It looks like Buffy's fighting Angel again. Is she finally going to win? No, mom, she's not going to win. Actually, as you'll see, she's running away because somebody in Sunnydale, apparently some housing construction dug up this weird thing that they're calling a I don't know it's an archaeological thing that's approximately the size of a large stone demon sarcophagus which happens to contain a large stone demon Spike Angel and Drusilla get their hands on it while Buffy decides that once and for goddamn all she is going to track down Angel and fucking kill him and ironically, that's what Angel's been saying for like half a season now. So, you know, maybe we'll actually get something done. But Angel sets up a trap to lure her away so that they can kidnap Giles and fuck up the rest of her friends. And we leave off on a cliffhanger. Spoilers, Kendra dies. Ouch. <laughs> you really know how to lay it on thick, don't you, Joshua? <laughs> I'm having a feeling. No, you're not. <laughs> That's just the pain in your jaw, I promise. <laughs> um, ain't I a stinker? Try to have fun without me. We'll have our Armageddon. I just... Someone get the chainsaw. Someone get the chainsaw. You are the one. Someone get the chainsaw. So, episode opens Cold in open. Ireland. Ireland! 1753. Shit! <laughs> Angel's fucking Irish! Yes! Oh, how are we gonna do this, Rex? <laughs> deadly, deadly do! I can't stop! <laughs> We've got four more downloads from Ireland. They're gonna track us down and kill us, no, man! No, but speaking of like, bad Irish accents... Like you guys! <laughs> We're totally being haunted by the Irish. <laughs> I'm dancing a little jig here, you guys. <laughs> Shit, we missed St. Patrick's Day. Oh, man, we timed this all wrong. But no, speaking of bad Irish accents, you have something in common with David Boreanaz. <laughs> wrong i think they <laughs> i think they made his character irish simply because it's the only accent that he can vaguely make passable but the the best part is that one sentence he'll be doing the accent and the next sentence he's not and then most of it he's not just like kendra with her fucking jamaican accent if this is the ep the episode of bad accents yes and i'm okay with that so we actually get to meet Angelus so we're before in, he was Angelus. We're in Galway, Ireland, yep. 1753. Did you already say that? Yes. Okay. Apparently his name is Liam. Angel? Yeah. Oh, his real name is Liam. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. I missed that. I, I had actually looked looked up something else about the episode and came across that. I thought that was interesting that it's never said. I don't know where it comes up I you know there knows. Was, there was some muddled dialogue between him, him and his buddy. Yeah. At the very beginning there. It might have been in there. Or maybe they say it later in the series. But we get to see Darla again. Yeah. Um, or Dexter's wife. Yeah. Dude, uh, talk about fucking weird seeing her on screen after the fact that I'd been doing nothing but binging Dexter the last 
several months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I that was how I knew it was Darla too. I was like, "Wait, is it Dexter's wife?" "Oh yeah, yeah, that is Darla." Cool. <laughs> Cuz they didn't say her name this episode. No, and they was, didn't. And this was the only scene she was in. But she lures him into an alleyway. He thinks he's being all suave and she is she it seems clear that she's trying to like lure him back into an unseen place yeah in order to bite him but you know i mean with security back in those days did she really need to no probably not but it's good storytelling yeah and um, she says something along the lines of are you ready for the challenge yeah like cheering her up will be a challenge yeah and he so his response to being ready for that challenge is my lady with the exception of an honest day's work there's no challenge I'm not prepared to face. Which, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. No. It's a good line. Also, I have to say, in saying that line, your accent was better. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> However, that's another thing we have in common. I don't like Honest Day's work either. Right? Fuck Honest Day's work. <laughs> I'd rather drink beer and do a podcast. Seriously. No, this is honest. I mean, especially the amount of editing we have to do. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. There's overhead. Lots of overhead for this. This is honest. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> okay, so... But then it's a suck fest. It is a suck fest. It is proven on camera that to make a vampire, both people drink each other's blood. Yes, I enjoyed that they established that fucking finally. I, just, I, mean, I really liked the way when he got up close to her face, he was like, Ah, but you're a pretty thing. Where are you from? I just... Ugh, there's... It's something about the way that comes off. Just feels classy as fuck to me. Yeah. I mean, okay. The the clothes and the set all looked fake as fuck to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, no... Nobody that's as poor as I think he was supposed to be would have been half as clean as he was. <laughs> yeah, and seriously. Also, he is drunk off his ass. Yeah. Supposedly. Supposedly. And also, I think their clothes are too high class. Well, hers. Like, hers were fine. They explained hers clothes away pretty quickly. But as as you can attest, because you edit this podcast, nobody that drunk is that fucking articulate. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, yeah. Mo moving on. So she turns him into a vampire, and some people drive by who are like, man, that dude getting some... Yeah, because she cuts open her flesh right above her cleavage. Yeah, and then shoves his face into her cleavage. That was Which, fun. you know... Appropriate. I, I would like to go that way. Yeah. I mean... Sure. Yeah, okay. Why not? I can accept that. Very nice. Anyway, and then it from, seemed consensual. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was that's, definitely consensual. That's what's important. He thought he was getting some, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. So from there, we go to modern day Sunnydale Graveyard. The graveyard. And angels lurking. Buffy's fighting vampires. Two vamps. And it's a pretty mediocre vamp fight. Yeah. I do want to note, though, there's a moment where... Buffy grabs the arm of one of the vamps mm -hmm. and like wrenches on her arm and like forces the vamp down to their knees. And the the sound they give to Buffy wrenching on the arm, that arm is either fucking broken or dislocated. 
Did they use like a cartoony ratcheting noise? No, no. It, oh. it was kind of it. <laughs> like imagine if you took uh, a stick, you could, like a pencil that you could break, and you broke it slowly. Ew. That crackling break sound. Oh, yeah. And they there was a little bit of like gooiness to it too. Oh my. Like, somebody bought a dead pig and had fun with it. Yeah. For this foley. Yes. Huh. Yes. But she dusts both vampires. The The second vampire she dusts, though, it's fucking hilarious. Because she's like, take a message to Angel and tell him I'm just ready to face him and no more hiding and blah, 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 blah. And then the fucking vamp just attacks her and then she dusts the vamp and she goes, okay, I guess I'll tell him. Yeah, I mean, why does she need to fucking send a message through the vampires to him? He fucking follows her around everywhere anyway. He's, he's an expert lurker. Yeah. She doesn't know that. She doesn't know that he follows her around everywhere. And she doesn't know where their current lair is. Because the warehouse got burnt down. That's... Anyway, regardless. So Angel's watching, and we've... We didn't. I didn't notice that Xander was there, but she pulls up Xander once all the vampires are dead, and she said, "She's like, you know, you don't have to patrol with me." And he's like, "I had that guy under control until he was ready to fisticuffs." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get it. Because okay, so you didn't have him under control at all, but you're Xander. Nice. But apparently, it is finals time for them, and they are dreading finals, which you know, appropriate. Yeah, finals are worth dreading. And a little dramatic moment with Angel being like, because uh, she's like, I just want this to be over. And he's like, yes, my love, it will. <laughs> he doesn't actually laugh in the scene, though. Thanks. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. Opening sequence. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you have to wait. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. And water. Usual. Hit him. What? A desk. We open on Giles in a museum talking to like a curator or an archaeologist. Uh, his name is Doug Perrin. And the moment that he introduced himself as Doug Perrin, I'm like, that fucker's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? Because he introduced himself. He, Joss Whedon likes to kill people that we care about. Right? Okay. So, obviously, somebody who's introduced and given a name who is not a character who is obviously going to be back is going to fucking die. He would not have given this dude a name if he wasn't going to have them killed. Interesting. What a sick fuck. Yeah, Joss Whedon's a bastard. (laughs) What a bastard. Exactly. Uh, anyway, so we're looking at this this thing, an obelisk. That's what they're calling it. Yeah, obelisk. Obelisk, sure. But specifically, Doug Perrin says that Giles is a world-renowned expert on rel- ancient relics. On approximately demon-sized refrigerator boxes. That's yes. a very specific thing to be a specialist in. Well, you got to write your dissertation on something. Absolutely. <laughs> But this this begs the question of, I kind of want to learn more about what the academic community thinks of Giles. Yeah. Because he got this... Within canon or in real life? Within canon. Okay. Um, Because he got this on a recommendation. Yeah. And that's fascinating to me. I'm just curious, like, 
because we know he like he's he's known obviously yeah we know that he's he is an expert just like i'm curious of where he ranks so to speak yeah i mean he he's never really mentioned having like a phd in anything exactly but you know i kind of assume he does he has to he seems like he would he flipping has to so he notices right away that this thing looks like it can open and the other dude <laughs> hasn't even noticed that and he's like oh shit well what do you think's inside he's like uh, i don't really want to know mr perrin is gung-ho to die because he just wants to fucking open it right now. I'd say we fork it open right now and we we spoon it into a bowl and we just glurp it right up. <laughs> and Jaws is like, uh, if you could hold off on that, I'll, uh, I'd like to translate this text or some shit. And so cut to the cafeteria, unless you had anything nope. else. Cut to the cafeteria. Xander's reenacting Buffy fighting the vampires <laughs> with fish sticks and a toothpick. Was it fish sticks? I thought it was cheese sticks. Um, uh, either or. Could have been. I feel I like mean, a cheese stick would have held together as well as those did. A fish stick yeah, would have true. fallen apart. You're right. It really reminded me of that scene in Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Yes. yes. <laughs> We're fucking. He's like, hey there, Mr. Donut Man. Who's trying to kill you? I don't know, but you better not. And then fucking Ed O'Neill's sitting over there at the counter. He's like, you know, if you stab a man in the dead of winter, steam will rise from his body. <laughs> Garnt's all like, oh, no, why'd you do that? I don't like that at all. He's stabbing a fucking jelly donut. Fucking, that's my childhood right there. There's a sound bit. Oh, my God. Oh, man. The moment this scene popped up, I'm like, fucking Wayne's World. Yes. That's probably a reference to Wayne's World. They they do little things like that. And I'm like, I know what you're thinking. I would like to postulate that this is not the first time that Xander has reenacted a slaying. <laughs> <laughs> because they're all taking it like it's a normal thing. Right? This, this is fucking every lunch. It's like, uh-oh, it's Xander storytelling time. Yeah. But <laughs> so Oz is Oz, there. Oz is like, no, it was, it was great, but I, I don't think I quite got the themes. <laughs> I'm a little fuzzy on the themes. The other theme was by American, but that kind of got buried. <laughs> Willow says that she's going to help Buffy pass her tests or her exams. Yeah, because Buffy is really upset and worried about her tests, as she should be. Yeah, she says she's going to do it if she has to sweat blood. And Xander says, do you think you're likely to? Because I'd like to be somewhere else. <laughs> Willow's like, it's only metaphor blood. And Oz is like, I think you'd sweat cute blood. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, Oz. you two fucking knock it off. Get a room. And Snyder comes in and he feels similarly. Yeah, he tells him to knock it off as well. Yeah. The thing he says when he walks in, he says, this isn't an orgy, people. It's a classroom. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy responds with, yeah, where they teach lunch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no, but that's uh, that's after he tells Willow to sit. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, that's after he's like, is there a shortage of chairs, Miss Rosenberg? Okay. And she's I... like, oh, I didn't read anything about. Oh, I see what you mean. And poor Willow, she looks so dejected. Well, she's not used to getting in trouble. Yeah, I know. 
Um, but then he said his line, these displays of affection are not acceptable in my school. This is an orgy, people. It's a classroom. And Odo's like, oh, I think it is an orgy. And and Snyder's like, oh, Odo, <laughs> where did you come from? And he's like, remember that Coca-Cola you drank earlier, Quark? Oh, God. <laughs> I thought it tasted a bit funny. <laughs> tasted like pineapple. So Odo tastes like pineapple. You're damned right, Quark. That that's interesting. Snyder leaves, and Cordy's line is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Because the whole time that Snyder is standing over her shoulder, she just has this this frozen look on her face, like a deer in fucking headlights. And mm-hmm. Snyder walks off, and she says, "But just before, as Snyder walks off, he's talking to Buffy." Responding to her line, yeah, they teach lunch. And he's like, just give me a reason to kick you out, Summers. Cordy says, a tiny, impotent Nazi with a bug up his butt the size of an emu. An emu. That's worse than a ram that I now have to keep in my backyard and take care of it and shit because I wanted memory. You're going to need to fucking build a mountain or something. They need mountains to climb and shit. God damn it. Better find a shovel, dude. There goes my life. We can't do the podcast anymore. This is it. We're done. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And I'm totally (laughs) going to cut in another false ending here because that shit's funny. Yes. And uh, so cut to London, 1860. Yes. London, 1860. Uh, We get to see human Drew. (laughs) Confessing her sins. To Angel, who just killed the priest. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just love the aesthetic of confessionals. Uh, Yeah. The shadowy, cat food gobo style lighting. I mean, I'm a heathen. Me too. When did that happen? uh, Quite a while ago. About 20 years for me. Yeah, me too. I was 15 when I became a heathen. No, no, that would be 25 years for me. Sorry, I've never looked back. I'm 35 now, so it's 25 years for me. Excellent. (laughs) Fuck, I'm old. Fuck a doodle doo. But no, I'm you know I'm a heathen, but there is an artistic aesthetic to Catholic churches and Catholic ritual that appeals to me on a very deep level for some reason. Yeah, I kind of want to go do a Catholic confession someday just for the experience, and then I'm just gonna fuck with the priest. I kind of <laughs> want to do that too, right? Field trip. Yep. <laughs> If we believed in hell, we'd be going there. Beer with Buffy, having a field trip, (laughs) confessing all our sins. But yeah, Drew is confessing about having visions. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been two days since my last confession. Actually, she was probably British. Yeah, she's British. She's not doing a different accent than she normally has as a normal vampire. Is she actually British? I don't know. Here, I'll say it. I'll say it in crazy Drew voice. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been two <laughs> days since my last confession. But she's not crazy yet. And I loved Angel's response. Oh, He's like, God. Well, that's not very long. No. <laughs> <laughs> his whole his whole delivery of everything he says in this scene is just fucking gold. It's fucking epic. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's just a little more insight into, you know... Darla turned him because he was a fucking savage and he's just got this I'm just gonna fuck shit up attitude and have fun with it. Pure anarchist. Yeah. Pure 
fucking anarchy. And he knows how to run with an impulse. Oh, yeah. And that's oh, something, fuck yeah. That's something I can respect as an actor. But he basically just tells her to fucking lean right, lean into the evil. <laughs> evil. She's like, I don't want to be an evil thing. And he's like, oh, hush, child. The Lord has a plan for all beings. Even a devil child like you. Devil? Yes, you're the spawn of Satan. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you couldn't hold it. (laughs) All the Hail Marys in the world aren't going to help. The Lord will use you and smite you down just like that. And Drew's like, what can I do? Fulfill his plan, child. Be evil. (laughs) Just give in. Anyway, so he's... Yeah, blabbity blabbity. He's telling Drew to be evil. Cut to the lair... Modern times. You mean besides me? No, I didn't ask. You mean you mean besides me? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you, do you, do you believe? I didn't ask. We have to achieve our dreams, otherwise we wither and die. We're going to the other cool place in Sunnydale. Yep, Drew pretends to have a fucking vision. Oh yeah, that's that's really what we should have been talking about in the confessional is we learned that Drew has visions and yeah. she's a prophet basically or at least a psychic. Right. And her mom her mom thinks that she is evil solely because of that. Yes. She's afraid to be evil. She wants to be pure. Anyway, so... But then we cut to the future, the modern day, where she's a fucking evil demon. Where she's being evil because she's faking having a vision. Right. Which is hilarious. It's so good because she gives all these details about the vision. Specifically more details about her vision than she normally would have given. The moon started whispering to me. All sorts of dreadful things. <laughs> anyway, so she's pretending to have a vision about the obelisk at the museum. Obelisk. Obelisk. And Angel's like, wow, you can see all those things in your head? And Spike's like, no, you twit. She read it in the morning paper. Ninny. He said Ninny. Yeah, Ninny. And now we know that uh, Angel does not read the morning paper. <laughs> Spike does. Well, that answers all the questions I ever needed to know. Yeah. So this has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. <laughs> God damn it. Already? <laughs> Again? I'm sorry. How daily do you go? I'm writing off Ireland. <laughs> writing it off. We don't need them. Considering I have a portion of my ancestry attached to Ireland, I apologize for this fucker. They'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I like Ireland, <laughs> goddammit. I'd really like to go to Ireland. I'd daily, daily, no. <laughs> they would kill you in the streets. Uh, <laughs> in the st- well, or anywhere, really. Well, yeah. <laughs> they drag you into the streets and then kill you. Oh, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> From there, we cut to the school where Willow is teaching chemistry to Buffy. Shit, she probably should have learned a little bit sooner now that finals are upon them. Yeah, maybe. She's had, frankly, more important things on her mind. Well, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm yeah. just saying that, like, she's a bit behind. <laughs> yeah, a little a little behind, definitely. But she sets her pencil on the book. The pencil rolls off the book and off the desk and lands in between the desk and the filing cabinet where the disc is. The disc! And she reaches down and fucking... 
takes the pencil without noticing the disc. Disco Stew says, Disco you. And at this point, I paused it to write down in my notes to complain about the story foreplay. (laughs) (laughs) And there was lots of complaining. And then I pressed play. And she goes, Whoa, deja vu. (laughs) In a total... Total Neo moment. (laughs) And she sets the pencil on the book again, lets it go, and it rolls off, and she finds the disc. Mm -hmm. And they finally put the disc in the fucking computer, and lo and behold, it is the ritual to re-ensoul Angel. Had she not said deja vu, I would not have been happy with this scene at all. But frankly, that was a completely viable explanation for me. That made everything okay for how they find this disc. No, they, if they, I think if they had had her initially drop the pencil and find it that way, it would have been less satisfying than the way they did it, too. I agree. I agree. That was not a waste of time at all. It it was a tease, and... It, but it was a tease with purpose. It was proper story foreplay. Yeah. And, you know, for a show that, you know, deals in the mystical and the occult as much as this does, I really appreciate that they don't always make everything perfectly logical. Right. And we have vampires that, you know, have visions inexplicably, and who fucking cares? Anyway, I liked it. Deja vu. Yeah. And then from there, we cut to Romania in 1898. 1898. 1898. Which is exactly 100 years before the airing of this episode. Yep. And we get to watch Angelus get his soul. Yeah. Which I thought, frankly, was a bit anticlimactic. Yeah, very lackluster. Very lackluster. So we see an old gypsy lady um, chanting some incantations that we can't understand. There's not even any captions. Were there captions? No, there were no captions. Okay. And Angel's running impotently through the woods. And so he gets his soul back, even though his soul doesn't deserve the torment. It's the demon. I actually wanted to bring that point up, too. Yeah, it's the demon that deserves the torment. But, I mean, regardless, it effectively stops Angelus from killing people. Which, you know, okay, good, fine. However, I think we both are thinking the same thing. That the, the person who is the soul, Liam... Liam. Yeah. We'll use that distinction. So, so Angelus did all this evil shit. However, Liam gets his soul ripped from the afterlife. Mm-hmm. He's probably in heaven because I think that if you are killed by a vampire and your body is like stolen by a demon, you should probably deserve to go to heaven. I'm on board with that. So this soul... Said the atheists. Yes. <laughs> well... Religion is real in this in this context. So this soul gets ripped from heaven and put in the body of his own body that has been running around for... A hundred years. They said a hundred years. Yeah. Running around for a hundred years, murdering, raping, pillaging, sure. just pure 
evil anarchy. I mean, it's more than 100 years because the first scene was in 1753. Right. So like 150 years. 150 years. Because I think I remember them saying that he was like 250 when... Ish. In, in modern days. So yeah. yeah. So like 150 years takes the soul from heaven and puts it in this demon body that seems evil to me absolutely no we've been we've been saying that this whole fucking time every time this comes up there's no distinction between angel or liam and angelus right and everybody acts like it's fucking liam's fault for angelus's actions even Xander does it again in just a minute here. Yeah. And I want to fucking throw him in front of a bus. As you should. So, yeah, next scene in the library. Willow thinks, first, they, they're they explaining that they found the ritual yeah. to Giles. Yeah. Uh, Willow thinks she can pull off this ritual because she's been digging into the occult. Yeah. Really fun precursor watching her... Just at the threshold of getting into being a witch and the dark arts. Yeah. The look in her eye when she like steps up to Giles and she's like, I I can do this. There's so much foreshadowing in it. Like, I don't know if they knew to what extent this was going to go. Like actually making her a witch and all that. Mm -hmm. But I like to hope that they were thinking this that far ahead. Yeah. Because... Giles even says to her something along the lines of it being dangerous and you don't really know what you're getting into here. Well, I think they're really just starting to get their sea legs. And I I get the impression that Joss Whedon thinks at least a season ahead at a time. At least. That's fucking impressive to me. It is. So yeah, anyway, Willow thinks she can pull off the curse. It's at this moment that Xander... Well, so he's starting to argue that there's no reason that they should bring... I didn't get any of his quotes because I was too pissed off. Oh, yeah. I didn't either. He's starting to argue that there's no reason that they should bring back Angel's soul because he deserves to die for what he did to Calendar. See all above statements. It wasn't fucking Liam. It wasn't Angel. Right. It was and fucking jealous. And now you're starting to tell us... That you think Buffy doesn't deserve to have her fucking boyfriend back because he killed Jenny Calendar. Well, I posture that you're just butthurt that you're not fucking Buffy. Exactly. And you're using Jenny Calendar's death as an excuse to try and sound legitimate. Definitely agree. Definitely fucking agree. Like, there's been a lot of moments where he's like, Angel, I don't fucking like you. And there's been some valid moments when he fucking stared Angelus down at the hospital. That was a big fucking deal. Dude, just look at Willow's face during this scene. She's like about ready to fucking slap Xander. Good. Exactly. Like she she is just fucking staring fucking daggers at him. And of course, Cordy backs him up. Well, she backs him up, but she's clinging on to the one valid string to his argument and that's that frankly he's a vampire and it's just safer to kill him and you know that's not necessarily wrong that's not buffy however being the good fucking hero that buffy is buffy takes the best fucking course of action she says willow do your curse i'm gonna go face angel if it doesn't work i'll kill him yeah 
Why not both? Exactly. Why not both? Why not both? Why not? Absolutely. <laughs> I Yeah, that really was fucking cover all your bases here. And t- Xander, go fuck yourself. Did you notice that this is the first fucking moment so far in the entire series that an actual, like, yelling match argument comes out between the group? Oh, my God. Well, and specifically between Xander and Giles. Giles was ready to fucking lay his ass down. Hey, Xander, I don't know if you know this, but that fucker, don't get on his bad side. Don't fuck (laughs) with Ripper. You do not fuck with Ripper. So, next scene is the museum. Yeah, and David hears some whispers from the box. I think it's from the box. No, like, it I th- didn't sound like it was from Drew. Well, I think they wanted us to think that the whispers were coming from the box, but then it was just Drew and Spike right. and Angel. But, oh, hey, look, the second scene he's in, he's fucking dead. And he's dead. Called it. That's all that happens. <laughs> they kill him and they somehow steal this giant obelisk. Yeah. And that's that scene. Cut to Buffy's room. Where Buffy is on the phone with Willow. Um, <laughs> I want to know what word Willow used. So the, I really loved her delivery of yeah. this line. They love phone conversation comedy in this show. And I appreciate me some good goddamn phone conversation oh, yeah. comedy. So she's like, yeah, Xander was pretty much being a... Willow, where did you learn that word? My God, you kiss your mother with that mouth? Speaking of Wayne's World... there's there's some wayne's world influence here in this episode definitely that's the first time i ever heard that phrase was coming out of wayne's mouth in that movie when he's fighting with garth at the airport anyway so buffy's still on the phone with willow she finds the ring the angel gave her and she's had a ring the what colada ring a colada ring a pina colada ring no, because he it's C L A D D A G H. Yeah, it's pina colada ring because he drinks lots of pineapple <sighs> and uh, pineapple juice. So she has a wee bit of a moment, a deadly, deadly don't. <laughs> and so then she goes, "It's like you have an infection." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> at least, a leprechaun infection. At least it's not a salivary gland infection. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) So she has a wee bit of a moment before she goes patrolling. Yep. To the graveyard. And then Kendra shows up. Enter Kendra again. Did you notice they dialed back on her accent? No, I I mean, she had dialed back on her accent quite a bit by the end of the second part of the episode she was originally in. But they did even more, I think. It, It didn't, like, it wasn't good. Yeah. But it didn't. It wasn't painful sure. <laughs> anymore, you well, know. And then Buffy kind of, Buffy's terrible with accents, Sarah Michelle yeah. Geller. She just can't do it. Remember the Halloween episode when she oh, couldn't God. pull off a Southern <laughs> debutante to save her fucking life? No. She tries to do the Kendra accent. She's like, uh, your watcher informed you a very dark power is about to rise in Sunnydale. And like, there's just the faintest hint of the Jamaican accent in there. And I'm like, oh, stop, please stop. Like, you can't fake do a bad enough Jamaican accent to emulate how bad her Jamaican accent is. It's it's not 
so much bad as it is mostly non-existent, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And no, I could make it a lot worse. But yeah, that's it. That That's this whole scene. But I'm just going to let it go. Cut to the lair. The castle. <laughs> so Spike's looking at the obelisk. Oh, what? come on. This is one of my quotes of the day. I haven't had a good Spike line in a All right. Um, okay. You can have every other single it's quote of the day. It's such a good fucking I one. I know. <laughs> he's like, so he's looking at the obelisk and he says, it's a big rock. Can't wait to tell my friends they don't have a rock this big. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, it, <laughs> snarky Spike, we fucking missed you. <laughs> yes, we did. Akathla is the demon in the box. They open the box. Akathla's not that impressive of a demon. <laughs> he looks like a goblin from a D&D game. Yeah, he really does. And I don't play that much D&D, but you agree. Yes. And you play all the D&D. At least, at least uh, three-fourths of all the D&D. A metric fuck ton more D&D than me. Yes. And do you agree? Yes. Excellent. So. He he actually looked like, and you won't get this reference, but some of our listeners might get this reference. He actually looked like a demon that was drawn in the second edition D&D books. <laughs> and those were cartoonish as hell. Yeah. I can't wait for this thing to come to life. I don't remember if it does or not. I don't either. I, but I can't wait to see it in real life. I'm actually really excited because I don't remember how the season ends at all. Yeah, this it's going to be great. Uh, anyway, Angel explains what this demon he is. He synopsizes. He does. <laughs> Angelus, what are you doing? <laughs> Fuck, that was the demon in the box this whole time? <laughs> Shit, that explains so much. Oh, Jesus, Mom, are you paying any attention? Akathla the demon came forth to swallow the world. <laughs> it was killed by a virtuous knight who pierced the demon's heart before it could draw breath to perform the act. Akathla turned to stone, as demons sometimes do, and was buried where neither man nor demon would want to look. Unless, of course, they're putting up low-rent housing. Which I call bullshit. Nobody puts up low-rent housing on purpose. <laughs> yeah, it's never... On purpose, low rent housing. It's always higher rent housing. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we're not making any money. I guess we'll go low rent. Exactly. Gentrification. <laughs> hey, let's get a huge tax cut by making this subsidized housing. Exactly. Yeah. So then we cut from there because it ends with, with Angel being all dramatic. He's like, oh, let's end the world. Well, Drew says he feels more ahead. I can't hear anything else. And oh, another quote of the day. Spike says, let me guess. Someone pulls out the sword, a demon wakes up, and wackiness ensues. Wackiness that's, indeed, Spike. That's about, that's about right. Yeah. I I can only hope. Mostly just because I want to hear you say wackiness again. Yes, please. Yeah. I could just sit and listen to that man speak. You do. Often. Yes. Because you listen to the Dresden Files. Yes. I should get on that. You really should. They should just put a camera on his Adam's apple while he talks. Because <laughs> it is fucking mesmerizing. Yeah, because... <laughs> it's fantastic. Hey, James Marsters, if I ever meet you, I'm going to ask you if I can go... <laughs> to your Adam's apple, because it's just a strangely satisfying Adam's apple. It's not a sex thing. Josh... 
I think he would press charges. I that's why I'm asking consent. I'm not going to do it without permission. All right? That's that's the theme that Xander should have been pushing with his little fucking fish stick dance. Yeah. Consent. Thank you Xander. Go fuck yourself. So, so um yeah. what's the, the last line that Angel says right before the end? Did you write that down? Maybe. My friends were about to make history. End. Ha! I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, we, it's kind of clever. We thought your sentence was done, but then you added on to it, making it mean something, to- well, slightly different. No one's ever done that before. Very clever. <laughs> Isn't this the second time that Angelus has had exactly the same idea? Hey, why don't we find this demon in a box that needs to be brought back to life and have it ruin the world for us? Yep. Raz? Razmataz? Yeah. A Razmadoodle? It seems to me that maybe they shouldn't have blown their load with the judge mid-season. Because, Angelus, your fucking plan of action is kind of routine at this point, buddy. You're a dick. Congratulations. You're a boring, bullshit, one-trick pony... You're worse than the master. At least the master was Shakespearean actor fun. The problem comes with Angelus works as a villain on a personal, straightforward nature. He's not the cartoon villain. He's not the big mastermind. He's not. But they still feel they have to make him that because he is the big bad this season. Yeah. And that's fucked up. Yeah. Oh, well. So yeah, we cut to the library where Giles explains everything about Akathla. In a moment. Yeah, just like Angelus did. Yeah. We really didn't need it twice, but we did need to know that the Scooby gang knows. Yes. My favorite part with this scene, though, is Willow is talking about the ritual that she has to do with uh, the reinsoling of Angel. And she's <laughs> like, like, you're working on a shoe. Huh? You're re- oh, yeah. Reinsoling? Yeah. yeah. Reinsoling. We need some over the counter insoles. that I need, all the time. I need custom insoles, though. But she explains that she needs a Thessala orb. And Giles is like, oh, I got one of those. <laughs> Go ahead, because you do the accent well enough that it pleases me. (laughs) (laughs) You had to squeak. Oh, my God. Squeak. So (laughs) Willow needs an orb of Thessala, and he says, a spirit vault for the rituals of the undead. I've got one. I've been using it as a, a paperweight. He's just ever so slightly embarrassed that he's been using it as a paperweight. I think. But also, it's a fantastic callback. Yes, and I think that he is specifically who that store owner was talking about <laughs> when he said, I got one guy who uses this as a paperweight. Oh, that's excellent. You know, I don't think that's exactly what he said, but I'm just going to run with that because that's funnier. Exactly. Have you ever noticed how Giles has a very Jeff Goldblum quality about him? Slightly. The way he's not stopped. full on gold blue. No, though. you never go full gold bloom. <laughs> Holy shit. 
<laughs> just the way he always stops and goes, uh, very Goldblum. I yeah. think Goldblum stole it from him. No. I bet you they met at an acting convention one time and swapped acting techniques. Maybe. <laughs> Willow is scared to be their only hope. Buffy's <laughs> like, uh, so that would be a literal kind of sucked into hell. Neat. Things that are neat. Well, that's just neat. neat. <laughs> and she's like, uh, so Willow, uh, just in case I can't kill Angel, you're going to be our only hope. And Willow's like, I don't want to be your only hope. I crumble under pressure. Let's have another hope. Uh, and there is another hope. The The main hope is that Buffy kills Angel. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. So Giles grabs the orb of Thessala, hands it to Willow. I appreciated how carefully she took it from him. Yeah. And Giles is like, well, uh, hopefully we have some more time before they awaken a Cathla. Cut to the lair. Where they're awakening a Cathla. <laughs> yes. Which I kind of fully expected. And also they, they gave us a little reminder that Spike is faking being in his wheelchair. Yep, they he, did. He's pacing just before Drew comes to get him. What would he have done if she just walked into the room? I think he would have seduced Drew and turned him against Angel. I think he would have run with it, and it would have been fine. I think it probably would have been better for him on the long term. You're probably right. Oh, well. Anyway, I, you know what I love about um, what they're doing with this now? Is that when Spike was originally introduced as a character in the beginning of this season, they he was such a breath of fresh air because he was so damned impulsive and so like he was a spoiled brat too oh yeah like, he very used to getting whatever he wanted and whenever he wanted it um but he was so fucking suave about it that we didn't care and we fell over ourselves we we all just fucking fell in love with spike from moment one and i definitely it's not just us i know it's not just no unquestionably not just us not just fucking us i love that they're fleshing out his character even if it's just a little bit and showing us that he also knows when he needs to bide his time and be patient yep and is capable of doing that but the whole fucking process through this ritual you can you like the camera's not focused on him but you can still see his fucking eyes roll mm, <laughs> yeah the whole time and it it is kind of a callback. You can feel his eyes roll from oh, across yeah. the fucking county. Dude, it's it's a nice little callback because when he first came into the scene, and I thought this is what you were bringing up, he was so against this super religious ritual. We're going to be evil, super evil yeah. overlord vampires and end the world. No, he doesn't. Spike doesn't want to end the world. He needs a plaything for fuck's sake. Yeah. You can't end the world and then have playthings. I don't even understand why Angelus wants to end the world yeah, for fuck's sake. What are you going to do when the world ended? Fucking nothing. You're going to be nothing. bored or dead. Yeah. Do you want to just die? What's the fucking point? Anyway, yeah, no, Spike just wants to have some fucking fun. He's a fucking rock star, and he wants to fuck some shit up. Exactly. So mid-ritual, we do a flashback to Manhattan 1996. Yeah. Where we get to see Angel not doing well. Yeah. Someone of, needs a bath. Bit of a bum. 
So he's chasing down rats in an alleyway. And, and not well. Not very well. <laughs> and this fucking dude, who's apparently a demon, is he the guy? Is he? Does he cross over to the Angel TV show? No, it is not the same actor it's that the, shows up in Angel. Is it the same character? It is not the same character that I am aware of. I okay. don't believe it is. I honestly think this is the only time we ever really get to know anything about Whistler. So yeah, we meet Whistler. He is a good demon? Question mark? He seems to be. He seems to be. He certainly knows that Angel has his soul. Yep, and he is recruiting Angel. Yeah. Um, Specifically setting him up to see Buffy, and I think specifically setting him up to fall for Buffy. Well, it sounded like he wanted him to help Buffy, and you know we don't really get an all-inclusive idea of what his end game is. A supernatural vampire politics shit that's going on. We don't really know. So Angel is sitting outside, not Sunnydale High, but the other high school. Yeah. That in Los Angeles that Buffy apparently burned down. Yeah. This is just before she finds out that she's the Slayer. The moment she found out she was the Slayer, Angel was there. Yeah. Apparently. Expert fucking lurker, man. Well, he's in the rattiest fucking car. And he's like literally in the driveway that's part of the campus. Dude, they would have fucking been like, dude, get your shit. Fucking cops would have been all over that. Get your shit ass car out of here, you fucking creeper. But anyway, we get an image of what Buffy is before all this starts, and she's very pre-season two Cordy. Yes, definitely. And so we cut. So she gets approached by this this big fat guy, approaches her and says, Buffy Summers. And Buffy says, yeah. Hi. What? And I love how she had like three different emotions uh, with that line as he approaches her. And that was going to be my next question is because they cut to the graveyard and she's wearing this yellow coat. And I I was like, are they tying this into is the movie? This is a tie-in to the movie, isn't it? It is. It is. The, the tie-in for me is unquestionably that the fact that this watcher's name is Merrick. Also, the yellow coat. I'm fairly certain that yellow puffy coat was specifically something she wore in the movie. I think it is. I think it is because it tells us that the movie is canon. Yes. Maybe not exactly canon. Like I, I because I don't recall in the movie her burning down a fucking gym. Sure. No, I, I knew that the movie was for the most part canon and I would like to go back and watch that. Definitely. I think we should do an episode about it. Frankly, if you think we should do an episode about this, let us fucking know. Give us a call. 269-743-0783. Hey, got your steak, steak. Hey, got your steak, 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 steak. So, yeah, we get to see her first fight with a vampire. She accidentally stabs him in the stomach. The noise it makes is awful. (laughs) I forgot about that. That's, yeah. She's like, oh, oh no, the heart. Not the heart. <laughs> Ew. Pulls it out, stabs him in the heart. Angel is watching all of this, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's just the lurkiest of lurkers. He was. He is. He ever will be. <laughs> so, um, and he's still lurking on her when she goes home. And yep. Joyce is, even back then, was just fucking amazing at being obnoxiously condescending. It's there's yep. just it's her body language. She's so unreasonably exasperated as she's scolding Buffy. And and it just sets every nerve in my body on edge. Up until this scene, I didn't really feed into the idea that her body language was the condescending part. It is though. This scene really fucking hammers that home. Yeah. And they don't approve of her boyfriend. Which, oh, big surprise. But immediately, as soon as Joyce is off screen, she's fighting with her husband, Buffy's dad. We get this last scene in 96 in the sewer with Angel talking to Whistler. Yep, Whistler. And he wants to help Buffy. Yeah. But he's got to gain his strength back first. So we leave the scene with him saying, I want to learn from you, but I don't want to dress like you. Okay. Angel, I mean, I can smell you from here. Yeah, you don't got really much to. You look like you found your coat <laughs> in a Goodwill dumpster. Your coat looks so bad. Goodwill was like, you know what? No one wants this. Mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, they'll throw away anything with stain or a rip in it. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I worked there for a minute. Um, to the lair. The lair as the ritual continues and. The fucking flashback was so long, I forgot this was going on. I know, right? So, Angel, do do they cut? Is it the part where he's actually grabbing the sword? Yes. That's in the demon? Okay. And he's not worthy. (laughs) Someone wasn't worthy. Oh, Spike, we missed you. Spike, Spike, Spike. Spikey, Spikey, Spike. But that's it. That's pretty much the whole fucking scene. So, Drew's awkwardly very disappointed. And, uh, oh, my God, Drew's like, what are we going to do? He says, what we always do in a time of trouble. Turn to an old friend. We'll have Armageddon, I swear. But, Brian, (laughs) (laughs) what if the hippopotamus won't wear the Speedo? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Drink more, Rex. So we're in a classroom now. And a fucking vampire in the middle of the day comes into the school in a robe <laughs> and burns herself alive. Yeah, so I have a couple issues with this scene. <laughs> only a couple? So only, okay, three to be specific. Issue number one. Issue number one. I didn't see any direct sunlight, did you? No. Issue number three. What a waste of a suicide telegram. Uh, for two reasons. Okay. Uh, in, excuse me. It is an immolationogram. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote suicide telegram before Buffy said that. So two reasons. Buffy's in the fucking graveyard every night anyway. Yeah. And two, Angel follows her everywhere anyway. Yeah. Why did we need somebody to do this and die over it? It's not smart. Even if it's a vampire's death, Buffy was just like, one less for me. And the goth girl sitting directly behind her was like, oh, I thought that was tomorrow. While everybody else was (laughs) freaking out. 
How in the fuck did Angelus manage to convince this vampire to fucking commit suicide? That's a good question, Rex. I would like to know. That's why I asked it. (laughs) So, library. Yeah, and I'm very upset that I did not remember that Kendra gives Buffy Mr. Pointy. I thought the other spike was Mr. Pointy. (laughs) I was ready to rub that in your face because you thought that she named her original steak Mr. Pointy. Nope. And I knew that was later and I was pretty sure it was Kendra who did it. So, yeah. No, you you didn't fucking remember that. You barely remember the show. I fucking remembered that because I remembered how stupid I thought it was. I remember how stupid I thought I was. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, what I'm sad that I didn't remember was that Xander looks like Spock in this scene. Because that's funny. He does? I didn't notice. His blue shirt with his black collar? He looked just like Spock. I didn't notice it. Yeah. Not a big deal. Yeah, that's pretty much all that gets the scene. Buffy's going to go out hunting to hunt Angel because the vampire killed herself to tell him so. Yeah, she's arguing with Giles and Kendra. She's like, no, Kendra, you can't come with me because I can take care of myself. And so she tells... That is so fucking stupid. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But in all honesty, it, it turned out to be the smarter choice. It it Well, I mean, one slayer with the group, one slayer in the field. I think that's a good call. Yeah. Personally. And it still didn't work out very well. But anyway... Nope. Uh, Buffy's like, as long as Angel is fighting me, he can't do this end of the world ritual thingy, and that's a good. It is a good. <laughs> Something about non-traditional use of grammar. It's the on, same on purpose. It's the same as earlier in the series when Xander is like, that gives me a happy, and you know I like a happy. Yeah, and then a vaguely touching moment where Kendra gives Buffy Mister Pointy. Yeah, Mr. Pointy's badass. Mr. Pointy's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get stabbed with that. It's as terrifying as a duck penis. (laughs) It's It's kind of a spiral. Yeah, it's on its way. I doubt that it's (laughs) as terrifying as a duck penis. Right. Few things in this world are. Think of it this way. Which one would you rather put your mouth on, Rex? Mr. Pointy. That's right. (laughs) So... (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I tried to avoid imagining that, and I couldn't. You couldn't. I couldn't. And now I'm thinking about it, too, and ew. I'm so sorry. Ew. Know what I mean, Vern? (laughs) Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, has a wound. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Water. Usual. Oh yeah. I hit him. What? A desk. Okay. Uh, who, so Buffy who, meets Angel in the graveyard. Who is Vern, though? Do we, I don't fucking know. Do we ever meet Vern? No. Huh? It's the fucking cameraman. <laughs> So Puffy meets Angel in the graveyard. This is when we get the great line of uh, immolationogram. Yeah. It's such a good word. It is. For a very unique sort of message. Does immolation just mean 
being on fire? Yeah, to burn to death. Oh, specifically a person burning to death yes. is known as immolation. Yes. Oh, cool. And during this this bit, there's a little bit of banter, and they're like, okay, I guess let's fight. And yeah. then cut back to the library yeah. where they're doing a spell. And all the vampires break in. Yeah. And you're doing a spell. Sure. An important spell. Very. That you know the big bad does not want you to do. Sure. Why wouldn't you have guards outside of the room? My question is, they know that they are vulnerable to vampire attacks in the school because it's a public space. Why aren't they doing it in someone's house? Why aren't they either doing it somewhere else or why didn't they find... Why didn't they long ago find a solution to that just like they did with the spell they put on the houses? Precisely. To keep the vampires out. For fuck's sake, why aren't you doing this fucking ritual at fucking Giles' house? Yeah. Obviously, it's his house. He doesn't fucking care to do a ritual. Massive oversight. Seriously. And that oversight fucking costs lives. It does. Uh, well, Xander gets his arm broken. Yep. Willow is trapped under a bookcase. Yep. And we don't even know how much damage she's received from this. Not yet. Giles gets knocked the fuck out. The only one who makes it out of here without a scrape is Cordelia. Be- specific. Hold on, though. Specifically, Cordy makes it out because Xander kicks some fucking vamp ass. He handles himself quite well. He gets his arm broken, sure, but he, with a fucking broken arm, throws one vamp at the vamp that is about to attack Cordy. Yeah, I think they were using that same dead pig for some squelching snapping noises here, too. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Xander... It's so rare that he gets to be a badass, but in this scene, he was a badass. Not that rare, but it's 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 rare enough that it's certainly unexpected and nice when it does happen. Exactly. And so, and then, you know, they cut back to Buffy and Angel fighting real quick. And yep. Buffy's like, Willow, come on, hurry up. And that's all that amounted to. Back to the library. And Drew walks in all badass-like. Oh, fuck. Hypnotizes Kendra. Yeah. Slits her throat. Well, first, Kendra gets surrounded by some vampires, and uh, I think four or five. Um, And then Drew comes in. Is it only three? So when they... I I rewatched the scene just to find out. Kendra only kills one vampire. It's a, a female vampire. And then when they all leave, dragging Giles out the door, there's only three vampires plus Drusilla. Okay, it seems like more so during it, the scene, though. It was a clusterfuck, but there were only five vampires total, including Drusilla. Yeah, so Drew hypnotizes fucking Kendra, and you'd think she'd have at least been mentally prepared to not fucking look into the eyes of a goddamn vampire for fuck's sake. This is kind of a normal trope for vampires. Yeah. I I was specifically thinking of Vampire the Masquerade. There's a very specific skill associated with that, and I can't exactly. remember what it's called, but... I don't either. I, was I, like, I never played Masquerade. I played Vampire the Requiem, which is New World of Darkness. Ah, uh, okay. But yeah... Um, Drew 
hypnotizes her, stuns her, and then slits her fucking throat with her fingernails. Mm-hmm. And this is when, uh, in the graveyard, Angel reveals to Buffy that this was a trap just to get her away from the Scooby gang. And she hauls ass back he, to the fucking library. He was like, this was never about you. And it clicks in her head immediately. Yep. As she's running away, he's like, and you fall for it every time. And his he's, tone. He's not wrong. Yeah. His, his tone when he says that is just excellent. Yeah. And that was that was one of Boreanaz's better moments, I thought. I would like to say that I think... Kendra died solely because she gave away her lucky steak to Buffy. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Yeah. Like, man, you fucked that all up, didn't you? Yeah. Ah, oh, shit. You fucked yourself, Kendra. Exactly. Anyway, she gets back to the library. Kendra is dead. Dead. Um, they kidnap Giles because apparently that's what their mission was this whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, they need his fancy British brain. Yeah, his fancy British brain. Absolutely. Why can I say that the first try, but I can't fucking say half the other shit I try the first try? I mean, it was just a single alliterated phrase. Have you met me? Do you think that matters? British brain. It rolls right off the tongue. What's the problem, right? Anyway. And uh, so I, we hear a gun cock... Or the hammer click, anyway. Well, Buffy gets into the library to see that Kendra is dead. Again, there's no pool of blood. I understand it's TV, but goddamn, there should be a pool of blood. They're definitely bleeding out through the neck. There should be a pool of fucking blood. And she's dead, so she had to die from blood loss, for fuck's sake. Yep. But yeah, we get to hear we hear a gun cock, and then a gun comes just barely onto screen, held by some hands, and it says, freeze. We hear a voice saying, freeze. To be continued. Ger arg. Try to have fun without me. We'll have our Armageddon. I just... Someone get the chainsaw. Someone get the chainsaw. Someone get the chainsaw. You are the one. Someone get the chainsaw. You're going to hell. Did you like this episode? I liked lots of parts of this episode. Right? Yeah. It didn't flow well. I loved how much backstory we got. Yes, definitely. The two main points of this episode with Angel trying to resurrect a demon to kill the world just because and them trying to stick Angel's soul back in him to make him not evil anymore. Both felt, well, the giving him his soul back felt overdue. Yeah. And the... The demon has been done. Yeah. We already did the judge once. Yep. We don't need the judge again. It's the same fucking bad guy. It's the exact same thing. And it feels like... I would have rather this been the episode where Spike was like, all right, I'm back in control now. Fuck off. Right? It feels like this episode, the shit that they covered in this episode really should have been sprinkled in throughout the season. Rather than... So much Angelus backstory given shoehorned right the fuck in as tight as can be into this fucking episode. Granted, it is a very dense episode, but if you take the flashbacks out 
There's not shit to this episode. Yeah, no, you're right. The flashbacks took up a lot of time. And what the fuck is the point of cutting halfway through the ritual for a fucking ton of flashback? Yeah. I mean, granted, this is a two-part episode. I think they felt like they had all the time in the world to do whatever the fuck. Because this is a two-part episode. Before we get to the quote of the day. Sure. And it ended on a cliffhanger like it did. I would like to have a moment where we guess at what happens next. (laughs) What is the result of the cop being there? I don't think shit's going to come of the cop being there. Um, Okay, maybe Buffy will get taken in. I think we're going to get to see the mayor next episode, mostly because of something you said a couple episodes ago. I'm expecting Snyder to die next episode. I'm expecting Angelus to bring uh, Cothala to life. I'm expecting Spike to reveal to Drew and Angel Angelus that he can walk again. But I really, I really can't imagine how it's going to get resolved. I'm going to say, I'm going to guess three things that I think are going to happen. One, I think that Buffy is going to fucking, I'm a fucking slayer, you can't touch me, Daffy Duck, whoop, 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 <laughs> right out of the fucking library. <laughs> oh, th- that seems likely, actually. Um, Possibly with Kendra's body in tow. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, But no, I actually think she leaves the body, she fucking runs, jumps out a fucking window or some shit, and she's in hiding the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Spike is going to hang out in his fucking wheelchair as Wheelie Spike for long enough to fuck Angelus's shit up. You can open up that asshole. You're going to step inside. And close it right behind him. You're going to close the door behind him. Yeah. Leave him behind some Snickers wrappers. That's what you do. That's what you fucking do. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the cops showing up are part of Angelus's plan. Because think about it. What happened in this library that hadn't already previous episodes happened in this library? And the cops never showed up before. Right. I was like, oh, now the cops are here. Well, fuck off. I think Angelus called them. Okay. Specifically, he called them to delay Buffy. Interesting, possibly. So that is my big guess of what the setup for the next episode is. I'm wondering if it's not even a real cop. Maybe it's a vampire who used to be a cop. Doesn't even have to have used to have been a cop. He's just impersonating a cop. Right. All right. So what's your quote of the day? Quote of the dizzle. My quote of the day, Rex, is Spike. It's a big rock. (laughs) I knew you were going to pick this one. Can't wait to tell my friends. They don't have a rock this big. I specifically did not pick this one because I knew you were going to pick this one. Thank you, because that was my biggest fear picking this one, was that you would also pick this one. It's such a good fucking line. I love it. What's yours? I gotta go with Cordy in response to Snyder. A tiny impotent Nazi with a bug up his ass the size of an emu. (laughs) Mostly I have to pick this because A... 
her deer in headlights look leading into the delivery of this line, plus the fact that there's no way in fucking hell that Snyder was out of earshot before she said it. <laughs> it's such an apt description of him, too. It really is. Yeah. Just Armin Shimmerman as a person. Yes. You really. No, I'm sure he's a real cool guy. I, As far as I've heard, he is quite the cool guy. I, I get the sense that he is for all of his dickery. Nobody, nobody can seriously wear the Quark costume without <laughs> being a cool guy. <laughs> Quark was the coolest character in fucking Deep Space Nine. I doubt he's like Keanu Reeves level cool. <laughs> well, who could be? Come on. I even he's, doubt that Keanu Reeves is as cool as Keanu Reeves. He's Neo. He's Ted from Bill and Ted. Just shut the fuck up. Both ends of the spectrum awesome. Okay? Yeah, so this has been Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Review us on iTunes. It's one of the biggest ways that you can help us grow our podcast. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash beer with Buffy. That's a forward slash. Forward slash beer with Buffy. Buy us a beer. Contribute to the show. Help us keep the lights on. For some reason, you can still contact us with a real-life voicemail. And the number is... 269-743-0783. As always, thank you to Ben Alexander for all this wonderful music within our episode. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I am Josh. Have a good night. A daily, daily <laughs> dough! <laughs> I was fucking waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I make allowances for you, yes, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility. And instead of which, you enslave yourself to this this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs>